Welcome to the session, everyone. Today, I am going to be talking about how our culture drives addiction in both adults and youth. And it took me a little bit to name that. I was actually considering renaming this uh this session because I wasn't sure that I could really convey in that when I talk about culture to what I really actually want to talk about and what I mean by culture. So what I mean by culture is how we view addictions, how we define addictions, how we stigmatize people who we consider to be quote unquote addicts. I'd like to really unpack that, blow a lot of those um those beliefs and sometimes misconceptions out of the water to talk about what actually really drives addiction and that all of us are susceptible to to addiction and that addictions are not necessarily individual quote-unquote problems but a result of the culture in which we live and that is for both adults children and youth so um, i really hope that you enjoy the show Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. All right, so let's get on with this conversation. I'm really excited to be talking about addictions today because it is a pervasive issue in our uh, current culture for adults and children. And there are many different ways to define addiction. But I really like what Tommy Rosen said about this whole thing. I actually had the privilege of interviewing him twice for my Children's Health Summit. I think he was in the first one and the fourth one, so the most recent one as well. And um, he's the author of a recovery, Recovery 2.0. Sorry, I don't have lips today for some reason. Recovery 2.0 and director of the online addiction recovery support community of the same name. So it's also called Recovery 2.0. And Tommy Rosen says that addiction, as I see it, and this is Tommy speaking, is any behavior that you continue to, despite that it brings a negative consequence into your life. So that's a quote from my interview with Tommy that I did uh, last, was it last spring or the spring before? (laughs) I don't even know. Time flies when you're having fun. So um, yeah, so it's any behavior that you continue despite that it brings a negative consequence into your life. So we're currently immersed in a culture of addiction and addictive behavior isn't only ignored, but oftentimes encouraged, encouraged, right? Through the ways we live in our modern society. Overuse of technology, skipping the process to the end result, favoring the fast and convenient, games and practices encouraging gambling and winning rather than earning, perseverance and patience. I'll give you an example of that actually is is, um, the new, uh, what is it? Uh, Not Monopoly. Well, that's always gambling sort of. (laughs) But um, what's that game? Uh, Trivial Pursuit. And they have a new version that you gamble. Like, so you bet on whether or not you're going to be right. And there's not really, uh, yeah, so there's money uh, involved in the, in this game and gambling on whether or not you're going to be right. And it's just um, goes to show how we are always immersed in this culture of gambling. Uh, the medicalization of our health co- has convinced us there's a pill for every ill. But as we know, there isn't. Families can suffer a great deal if they've been duped by these false promises. 
So according to filmmaker and social activist Greg Williams, 90% of all addictions start before the age of 18. And the leading cause of accidental death in young people between the ages of 18 and 34 is overdose. This is a tiny fraction of people affected by non-chemical addictions and who die of or are harmed by the consequences related to addictive behaviors and thoughts. Our families are engulfed in addictions to alcohol, marijuana, smoking and vaping, street drugs like heroin and crack cocaine, behavioral addictions such as gambling, gaming, sexting, and pornography, pharmaceuticals that are overprescribed, such as opiates or sold on the street, and benign addictions, quote-unquote benign, that fly under the radar like shopping, food, and even exercise. So if you think about addictions this way, it's something that, you know, you do, like Tommy Rosen says, any behavior you continue despite that it brings a negative consequence. And it doesn't really matter that sometimes shopping can be good, sometimes food can be good, sometimes exercise can be good for you, right? Sometimes it can be bad for you if you are shopping until you're broke and you're in debt, or if you do that in, you know, instead of something like a, you know, a practice that will fill up whatever need you are trying to fill up with shopping. So maybe you're lonely or you're, um, you need that dopamine hit, you know, you need to feel good. And so you're shopping for that reason, not because you need something. Um, and then that's going to be negativity because you're going to be ignoring, you know, what you actually need. Uh, food, you know, can be a negative issue too, obviously with overeating or undereating and even exercise, right? So some people can get addicted to exercise of all things, and that is possible. So anything that you do to excess can become or can be an addiction. So I really think that we really need to redefine that so that we don't actually ignore the fact that these things could really be issues for all of us. Um, and any one of them for, or any number of them in any combination for each of us. Um, and the reason for that isn't to say that, oh, this is such a horrible thing and everybody's, you know, addicted to everything and it's just a terrible uh, world we live in. No, it's really to say that, ah, I see an issue and I don't really think I'm going to do this anymore. There's a choice, you know, so that you can say, is this something good for me or is it something that's really taking away from my life? So when we talk about a gateway drug, quote unquote, we can look closer at the behaviors and chemical highs our kids are becoming accustomed to. By engaging with their handheld devices from sunup to sundown or by eating chemically addicting food on the go, our families are susceptible to the immense fallout of this addictive culture and conditioning. Do we really want the social engagement from these behaviors to be the question, would you like fries with that? Or an exclamation of kill that a-hole, <laughs> yelled excitedly through a wireless headset while video gaming. As previously uh, mentioned, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman has been educating people about the disturbing impact playing video, violent video games has on our youth's behaviors, minds, and hearts. So where I had previously mentioned this, I believe, was one of my uh, previous episodes, but I also talk about his work in my book. And his book, Assassination Generation, Video Games, Aggression, and the Psychology of Killing, contains an abundance of facts and figures reporting the, the detrimental effects on our youth, including the rising incidence of violent behavior and the alteration of personal motivation, boundaries, and sense of connection to others and the outside world. Grossman's is a discussion difficult to ignore. So author of Reset Your Child's Brain, Dr. Dr. Victoria Dunkley's writings have sounded the alarm for almost a decade now about the biochemical fallout, 
excessive screen time has on the nervous system and the biochemistry of the brain, causing behavioral mayhem like apathy, tantrums, oppositional behavior, ADHD symptoms, aggression, depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, and self-isolation. So we talked about this the last two episodes, the previous two episodes. So check out episode number nine and episode number 10 for, um, you know, discussion on screen time in particular. Other addictive behaviors have many of the same effects and all of these behaviors need to be addressed in a systematic way that looks for the causes and addresses the results. Excuse my voice, actually, I was doing a lot of singing (laughs) over the weekend, and it seems to have affected my voice. I am a singer, and maybe I'm addicted to singing, I don't know. Um, Even if the addiction isn't immediately or even eminently life-threatening, what about the death of spirit of the soul of a life half-lived when people are dependent upon gaming, the internet, texting, food, shopping, and gambling? How do loved ones compete with that dopamine high that a Facebook like? attaining 100 kills in a violent video game or buying a new pair of shoes that can deliver in seconds. So those things are instant gratification. And again, I don't want to sound alarmist or where it's everything's doom and gloom. And so I do ask these really hard questions. But if we really think about it, how do we get to that level of satisfaction, that really quick high that we can get with a when we are, I guess, um, you know, feeding into an addictive behavior. So if we are participating in those addictive behaviors, we feel pretty good pretty fast. So how do things like, you know, preparing a meal together nice and slow and, um, you know, like waiting for gratification, right? Like, you know, some, okay, it'll come, you know, but in a week, sweetheart, you know, we got to wait for that. How do we compete with those really quick fixes like that, those quick highs that we get from an addictive behavior? Addictions are an attempt at filling a hole within us, whether that hole be chemical, emotional, or physical. It's in our nature to try to fill those holes. We want to feel good, and so we should. But is this how, right? Is this addictive behavior the way to do that? Um, And again, we all have addictions, whether they're severe or not. Um, We could all kind of look at something that we do that maybe it's not getting us the best results, but it will give us immediate right? Immediate gratification, but not the best long-term results. The energy of addiction for a cup, a minute or so. An energy medicine guru and author of numerous self-exploration books, Carolyn Miss, and she's sort of like my spiritual butt whooper. <laughs> I like having butt whoopers that kind of say, you know, that's your inner child. You know, that's you being a you're self-sabotaging. You know, that's your victim talking. Um, and I need that. And I think we all need that sometimes a little bit of a spiritual, um, butt whooping and Carolyn miss is your woman if you're looking for that, but she acknowledges we need to have compassion for people who have addictions, but she also has us look into the face of causality and to our own power to break free power to break free in her book, advanced, advanced energy anatomy. Miss says addictions create a negative flow in life and become a language we understand. They're excuses not to deal with emotional issues or life situations. She goes on to say that external controlling forces that take the responsibility from us allows us to be irresponsible for an energy that runs through us. In this way, to be an addict, quote unquote, provides us with a sense of familiarity we confuse with safety. So uh, she doesn't necessarily say that, um, the safety part. 
Um, yes, she does. But I, I second that. Um, but if regardless of whether or not you agree that this is an element to addictions, um, or or the actual sorry, if you whether or not you agree as to whether or not this is the main driver for an addiction, you know, this sense of you know lack of power. Um, I think that it is definitely an element of an addiction. So first we've got um, this element of our culture and then an addicted culture. And we also have this energy element, this whole idea that we can or can't uh, look at something and find a root cause and then say, I've got the power to change that. Um, Okay, so next we're going to talk a little bit about the biochemistry of addiction. And biochemistry also plays a huge role in the onset and perpetuation of an addiction. We discussed stress earlier in this uh, in this talk here, so it's appropriate to fit this piece into the addictions puzzle. A stressed body and mind is a breeding ground for addictive behaviors and creates the biochemistry it requires. Every time an addictive activity is performed, the person receives a dopamine hit, right? So hit to the brain, and, and dopamine is actually the motivation and drive neurotransmitter. So that's where you're like, woo, I feel good, I feel motivated, I feel driven to do more, 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 more. So this feels good at first. Eventually, if those dopamine hits aren't natural and balanced, the addicted person can no longer reach the proper heights without their addiction of choice, leaving um, them flat and empty without it. So you've got this like big hit and then you come back down. And every time you come back down, it feels like it's a little worse, right? So you need that activity or substance more um, to get back to even baseline, right? And Julia Ross reports in her book, The Mood Cure, that 80% of alcoholics have a condition called pyroluria, which leads to a deficiency in zinc and vitamin B6. And these two nutrients are vital for a balanced mental, emotional state and the ability to handle stress. Um, So that's another element. So that can be something biochemical, you know, that is uh, creating an addictive behavior. And that's that's kind of like where people are, you know, using these substances and um, activities to uh, to self-medicate, right? Because they want to feel better. And it could really be due to some kind of nutritional deficiency. Um, GABA, the chill neurotransmitter, is affected by excessive screen time as our melatonin. So the master antioxidant that cl- cleans out the brain of debris while we sleep. So that's melatonin. It's a master antioxidant, cleans out debris in the brain while we sleep. Um, GABA, you know, the chill neurotransmitter, and so those are both affected, right? When we have so like excessive screen time or other activities that actually cause like this, you know, big dopamine or not just dopamine hit, but this it's dopamine as well as other neurochemicals that are getting out of balance. All right. So uh, how many adults and children are self-medicating or self-soothing because of such nutritional deficiencies and debris toxicities? So, you know, like I said, um, if you're feeling kind of rotten and this makes you feel better, well, that's called self-medicating. I'm not saying that you should ever do that, um, but sometimes we can quote unquote self-medicate when we actually know what the problem is so we can create a more, um, a healthier way of rebalancing so that it's more permanent rather than, uh, you know, an addiction that kind of needs to happen every day for you to actually function. All right. So the faces of addiction. All right, so we're no longer at a time when the only types of addictions are alcohol, recreational drugs, and smoking cigarettes, and where abstinence and medical intervention is the standard of care. 
We are immersed in a culture of addiction that can manifest as any number and in any combination of the following. Okay, so I'm going to give you like a big list, okay? So illegal or recreational drugs and pharmaceuticals, which sort of like are the chemical addictions. So that would be things like opiates, Ritalin, speed, psychotropics, marijuana, vaping, smoking, heroin, crack cocaine, and alcohol. We've got things in the food and body category. So overeating, bulimia, binge eating, emotional eating, anorexia, megarexia, and diabulimia. And I'll just tell you what diabulimia is. I mentioned that because it is actually um, bulimia. So where you actually eat and then throw up your food so you don't actually absorb it. Um, But some diabetics actually do this because it keeps their blood sugar down. And they also... all. um, Don't just vomit, but they actually don't dial up or don't inject enough insulin because that will make you lose weight. So it's extremely, extremely dangerous. All right, so relationships. So an addiction in in the category of relationships, and those can be things like codependency, which Tommy Rosen calls the disease of the lost self, Um, sex addiction, pornography, abuse, and being abused. And that can actually be an addiction in and of itself. That sounds very controversial, but it is to do with biochemistry, about that feeling of safety and not safe. And and, uh, people can actually have sort of like an addiction, I guess we could call it that, to being the abused person. Uh, Money is another face of addiction, a, a category. So that would be gambling, shopping, hoarding, and a constant state of debt. Um, technology, so those would be things like gaming, social media, texting, Netflix binging, and sexting, and emotionally ba- uh, based patterns of behavior like negative thinking, self-doubt, procrastination, resentment, uh, which Tommy calls Tommy Rosen calls the four aggressions or ag- sorry aggravations. So those four: negative thinking, self-doubt, procrastination, and resentment. The four aggravations. Um, But there are more, like uh, Carolyn Miss mentions a few of them, like self-pity, exercise, judging others, the need to be right, controlling other people, being controlled by others, having a critical mindset, self-criticism, anger loops, and blame. Um, So the the last ones of those would be from Carolyn Miss. I, I added a few sprinkled in there myself. Um, so, so I wanted to mention all of those things because we can't, we're, addiction isn't just those things that we would consider to be the chemical addictions or like I said at the very beginning of this, addiction, you know, things that we do that are, um, you know, c- categorized as like, you know, things you do in the bar or when you're partying or, you know, it doesn't really touch the rest of the people in our societies when really I want to blow that out of the water and tell you, yes, it does. And it, it actually touches us all. Um, so what is my approach? So my practice is healthy family formula and my approach, you know, to addressing addictions. Um, what is that? So the standard of care for people with addictions is evolving. And I would say, thankfully, uh, there's less and less focus on abstinence and stay, uh, stigmatization. And that's the word actually that I was searching for earlier. The stigmati- stigmatization is very detrimental to the ability to actually overcome addictions and see them as a cultural problem, not as an individual problem where there's a, a you know, broken person, you know, a person that's um, flawed or, you know, not very good at keeping promises, not very good at abstinence, not very, not very good person. Um, and that's totally untrue. It's actually a problem within our culture. It's a cultural issue. 
So I don't want to focus on abstinence and I don't want to focus on stigmatization. Um, our community becomes more aware. And if we do this, if we, if we broaden our, our, I guess, our scope, right, our understanding of addiction, our community becomes more aware of the nature of addictions, that the problem isn't personal but within whole families and cultures. We don't want to create dry drunks, right? People abstaining but still wanting their drug of choice. We want people breaking free entirely, moving past wanting what's harming their physical and psychic, mental, emotional bodies in the first place. Spiritual teachers and leaders aren't letting us forget the role of the spirit. And new psychology is moving away from medications and talk therapy to shining a light on causal factors such as trauma, and trapped emotions. And trauma is something that we're going to come back to and do an entire episode about trauma, maybe even a few, because I have found in many, many, I mean, I'm following in some very wonderful, brilliant people's footsteps um, that have been doing this work for a very long time um, into this whole world of trauma that is basically part and parcel to, you know, it's one of the causal factors or contributing factors to all manner of dis- ease uh, and not just mental emotional not just addictions which is a huge part of that but also physical issues as well so we're increasingly using body and energy work and exercises like genograms family constellations and even ancestral healing to help people who to take control of their lives both adults and children alike what we need to understand when facing an addiction or addictive behaviors is finding the root causes and addressing them, then taking the responsibility to make positive change and kick old harm- harmful habits. That goes for the whole family. It's not just the family member with the addictive behavior alone who has the problem, right? When we understand this, we can also move on to finding the contributing usual suspects, which I've talked about um, in previous episodes, and we'll, be keep, we'll keep unpacking those usual suspects, which are a combination of not only emotional and behavioral issues, but also environmental and biochemical, which are physical. We address nutrition, stress, sleep, exercise, relationship, emotional baggage, traumas, and energy blockages. We address environment, infections, habits, allergies, and our family and broader cultures. So some general considerations for breaking the chains of addiction. And that would be meditation is one. Sweet meditation, mindfulness. Don't want to use it in a, you know, a a flippant way or something where it's like, okay, yeah, we all understand what this is now. And it's just sort of not as deep it's very surface no meditation and mindfulness are very deep uh, practices that will unravel many of um, our issues that can contribute to you know self-medicating through addiction stress reduction is another one Uh, meditation mindfulness also are stress reduction techniques but there are many more things you can do to reduce stress um, as well as you know reducing stress on our physical bodies Uh, teaching our children life skills and responsibility and that's another thing is that being very really open about what they're seeing in their environments um, what they're being exposed to what their culture really is is teaching them because often we need to kind of teach against that culture or outside of that culture and then but in turn we actually change the culture Um, spending time in nature is huge Uh, that's that's something so um well, it's a, it's a stress reduction technique. It's also meditative. It also teaches life skills and responsibility. It does all of those things actually in one activity. Spending time in nature, it also connects 
um, each, uh, you know, those children, everybody in our family to the broader world, our, our na- natural world, to life itself. Um, stopping the addictive nature of our own lives is another way to break the chains of addiction. And spending time with each other in a real world, spending time, you know, working on relationship, connecting. I, and, um, you know, doing all the trauma research I've been doing over the years and really even now just completely binging on the topic lately. Um, I've really learned that uh, connection from these brilliant people, that connection is the key. And it, I would say connection to self as well as to others and to the natural world. That is what um, allows the safety, the sense of safety to be able to let go of all of the other addictive behaviors that, you know, we're falsely thinking are keeping us safe because they're actually not. So um, spending time with each other and connecting is huge. It's a huge um, component of, of a really healthy emotional, mental, emotional, physical life. Free of addiction, uh, might I add. So just to sum up, I just want to say that, uh, you know, we need to, I think it's really useful for us to always keep an eye out for addictive behaviors and to know that addiction isn't something that needs to be, you know, um, relegated or stigmatized, you know, um, with the person that's got this XYZ problem. I think it's okay that we, we acknowledge, admit to having our own addictive behaviors because that's the only way that we can overcome. And um, I know a lot of people who have had some significant lifelong challenges. And I know a few people who have um, actually died from their addictive behaviors. Um, And uh, I think that if we create a culture that is not addicted and not encouraging addictive behaviors, but encouraging self-exploration of stress reduction, of connecting with self and others, things like that, that I just previously mentioned, Uh, we'll have a lot less uh, trouble with helping people to actually heal. So that's all I'm going to say today. I hope that I was coherent. (laughs) It was a really long, crazy weekend. It's been a long, crazy day. And I'm going to get this podcast episode out to you, Um, whether it kills me or not. But uh, no, it's not killing me. It's actually really awesome. I love doing this. And I hope that you got a lot out of today's show. And I just want to say in closing that this podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula, which essentially means that we share our information for free. All we ask is that before you move on to the next hundred things on your to-do list for today, take what you learn and instead of waiting until Monday, January 1st, or any other arbitrary date in the future, act on it now. Buy that new food, start that new routine, shift into that healthier habit. The little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind you. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at healthyfamilyformula.com. And you can also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash healthyfamilyformula. Thank you for listening as it was a pleasure to spend this time with you. May you and your family be well. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. 
It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers, if they so choose, when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Oh, 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 oh,